Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. How you feeling? You ready to rock and roll? Sir? Uh, yeah, I can do it. You can do it? You can uh-huh. pull through? I'm pulled through. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm with Marcus Parks, as always. I'm Ben Kissel. Are we recording? Yes, we are. Oh, you just gave an inaudible... Hey, you just Mark. This is Marcus's <laughs> fifth show of the day, and I, I, I think your brain might be a little bit fried. Just a bit, just a bit. Yeah, that's okay though. We're going to be talking all about a lot of dumb subjects, and by subjects I mean people. Uh, of course, North Carolina had an amazing Senate race this past political cycle, this last election cycle. There was a fellow, his name is Tom Tillis, but he put an H in the name Tom, so I call him Thom because I only pronounce words the way they look to be spelled. Like Thom York. Thom. Thom Tillis. He beat Kay Hagan in the most expensive Senate race in the history of the United States, and uh, he's making some waves already. Mr. Tillis, he was discussing... Overregulation of business, which mm-hmm. is a Republican talking point, and uh, in a lot of ways, he's not wrong uh, to discuss the overregulation of business. There's a certain stranglehold on business, and as a matter of fact, I'm a little brain dead as well. I forgot to mention roommate Mike is here as well. Hey, thanks guys for having me. But uh, so he was discussing the overregulation of business, and there's a lot of different things you could discuss in this conversation. Uh, Mike, for example, you're a big small business guy. What's a what's a regulation that is currently hurting a lot of small business? Businesses. Well, the one that really sticks out to me is when you when you start taxing or forcing companies to provide health care for their employees once they reach 51 employees or more. Uh, in my opinion, that that almost strangle str- puts a stranglehold on these companies to in their growth. Because if you need to go open that third store that might get you over 50 employees, well, now you have to provide health care for all of them, and your your actual bills skyrocket. Through so this. Obamacare, universal health care, that's one thing that Republicans, and to some degree, you can uh, make a rationale for their argument that it is going to uh, hurt some business uh, business. Growth. However, Tillis did not talk about Obamacare. He talked about an employee's rights to have Dookie on his fingers while he serves you sandwiches <laughs> or re- rolls you up some burritos. I'm just going to say, if you are Tom Tillis, out of all the examples to go by, uh, out of all the examples that uh, the Obama administration has gifted you, has given you on a silver platter to discuss the stranglehold of small business, you chose to discuss human feces. <laughs> Very controversial. Yep, he said that businesses should not be required to force their employees 
to wash their hands after right. they go to the bathroom, which apparently is a regulation that is on the books right now in the United States of America. I'm just going to say sometimes government gets it right. And maybe in this case, they nailed it. Because yeah. what happens when you get a burrito covered in some person who works at a burrito places human dung, you get real sick. And then everyone's upset. He, what he said is that uh, he asked whether that he was asked whether he thought businesses should be allowed to opt out of requiring employees to wash their hands after using the restroom. Right. He said he'd be fine with it just so long as the business made this clear in advertising and employment literature. He said. I don't have any problem with Starbucks if they choose to opt out of this policy as long as they post a sign that says we don't require our employees to wash their hands after leaving the restroom. Right. So You said the market will take care of the rest of it. Sure, and I would like to see the people who start going to Starbucks. <laughs> I didn't go there until I realized that all the employees were rubbing uh, urine all over the cups. Yeah. And I've been licking on them cups for weeks now, <laughs> loving every damn moment of my life. That's just silly to even, like, bring up. I mean, yeah. you're, you're talking about something that your body naturally gets rid of as a toxic, and you're you're allowing people to, to go to work having had their hands down there fondling around doing whatever they're doing. I mean, it and was... And well, you know. me a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, I mean, a, it's a whole different kind of... It's a whole... It just... It just... It'll add to the flavor of the food. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I see that he was making a joke, but even in the joke, he still said that there had to be a regulation. That if there's not a regulation that they right. must require them each employee to wash their hands, there has to be a regulation that says that they must advertise that they don't make their employees wash their hands. Well, we already called it shitty Steve's Burger Joint. <laughs> Didn't they just assume that our employees were filthy? Why don't they just trust that I don't make my employees wash their hands? Employees should always wash their hands after they use the bathroom. As a person who has worked in seven fast food jobs, I will say this. Fast food employees are a little bit grosser than the average roller skate employee. <laughs> roller rink employee. And I'm talking about the 1985 roller rink employees. This is before Purell. Mm -hmm. This is when the body actually had to fight off toxins on its own. Yeah. Because we were big boys back then. <laughs> That's how disgusting uh, a lot of fast food workers are. Because a lot of the time, if they were in there for the reasons that I was in there... They were, they were forced to get the fast food job because they were alcoholics in college and that whiskey ain't going to buy itself. <laughs> so you got to get that job at Arby's. Uh, but if that's your motivation to go out on the weekends and drink heavily, but you have to have a job to do it, it's probably not just going to, it's not going to lend to the healthiest of all the lifestyles. God, no. You know. No, nor is it going to be make uh, the customer forefront in your mind. Yeah, and I just say, just the symbolism. I like to go in the bathroom. And, uh, and look at that employees must wash their hands sign. And the delusion of cleansliness is key. Yeah. It's sort of like how we have a, a delusion of choice in our elections. But it makes you feel good. Yeah. And you know, I had a situation. I was at Applebee's. And Applebee's is one of the... Uh, cheapest restaurants that anyone can eat at in the entire world. I was there with Ed Larson from the Round Table of Gentlemen. And you know when Big Ben... And even slightly bigger and more unhealthy, Ed, go out to Applebee's. We're racking up a bill. Oh, yeah. Six beers for me. Eddie has four. Five uh, appetizers between us because they're half off, so you got to eat twice as much. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And I, uh, I went to the bathroom at one point, and there was a manager in the stall. And I could hear him taking a dump. And he had the red shirt on, and he, he, he had a badge. And his badge said, I didn't go to college, but I still got some power. <laughs> He's running that kitchen. He's running that Applebee's. 
and I watched him I watched him wash his hands. But you know what, Marcus? The whole illusion was gone. Yeah. I know that manager shits. I know he poops. <laughs> you don't ever want to imagine the person that is just grubbing up all your food uh, was just previously taking a massive dump. And you know it's a massive dump because what did he just have two hours before? The company lunch. <laughs> he had his company meal. He had his Applebee's meal. Appetizer yep. sampler, no doubt about it. The only thing that's worse than that is when he's the one who actually brings your food out. He did. <laughs> he brought the food out. And the thing is, this is what the guy said to me. He said, oh, man, I wanted to make a joke about you being so tall in the bathroom, but I just thought you were going to punch me. And I was like, I would. <laughs> don't, don't remind talk. me Don't remind me that I just saw you in the bathroom. Don't remind me you just saw, that I just saw you in the bathroom. Don't. Don't. Tell me a joke that wasn't going to work in the first place, but about how you were going to say it. I mean, the man was uh, extremely slow. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, this was an Applebee's in Queens, correct? This is an Applebee's in Queens, and it was one of uh, well, really an amazing experience. I'm not dumping on the Applebee's franchise. I know that Applebee's. It's a nice Applebee's. It's a nice Applebee's. <laughs> But I just want to let all managers know, and all Applebee's, if you are listening to this and you are an owner of an Applebee's employee bathroom, mm -hmm. never mix, never mix the employee bathroom with the public bathroom because it ruins everything. It's like what happened to Disney World when all the goddamn kids got measles this past month. <laughs> Not so magical anymore. Get your kids vaccinated. Yes. You lunatics. What is wrong with you people? There's this whole anti-science movement happening in this country, and it's coming from the left. You think? Coming I, from the coming left? from the left. All these anti-vaccination people, they're all liberal. Uh, they're a bunch of liberals. Uh, God, they're a bunch of liberals. Uh, yeah, no. I'm saying it, Marcus. <laughs> you fucking, you bunch of lip. I don't know. I have no proof you or have evidence no proof of that. For that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I have seen some people talking on the news, and you know where they were from, Marcus? Right. Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, Washington. No, I think the, so. the anti-vaccine people, they are a one-issue people, and you would argue they could be slightly apolitical. Jenny McCarthy. Anti-vaccine? You saying she's a hardcore right Chris Christie loving kind of gal? I don't know. Did you see Singled Out? I did uh -oh. like Singled Out. That was I such did a like great show. Yeah. Did like Singled. Good point. I mean, yeah. it makes no rational sense to where I was going with it. <laughs> but you are right. Singled Out is a dope show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a badass show. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. I certainly had to wash my hands after I watched that show, but it wasn't because I had dung on him. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. You can figure out what other substance a young boy might have had on his hands after watching Jenny McCarthy joke around and be so funny. Oh, yeah. The only problem is then when it uh, switched over to Chris Hardwick. Yep, and oh. then you're coming at all the wrong times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, well, that was, that's always the, the problem with coming to anything that's not actual pornography because it might switch over to the dude at any second. At any time, and uh, hopefully not uh, not uh, a region of the man that you never want to see, such as a taint or a, or a ball situation. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, Tom Tillis, what does money buy? It bought you a senator that can do nothing but associate, uh, relate to people at uh, at it at their most um, base levels. This is a very reptilian thought, and I guess it was sort of a catch-all um, if he wants people to understand his ideas and uh, and where he would like to see policy go when it comes to regulating business. I'm just gonna say once again, out of all the regulations, employees washing their hands. 
That one is the last to go. Yeah. I mean, granted, someone asked him about it. He didn't bring it up on his own accord. Somebody right. did ask him about it. But, he, man, he took that football and ran with you it. You still got to answer the answer it the correct way, though. You yeah. just say yeah. that one's okay with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, you just said that one's fun. fine. That's and, not a party-dividing question. Like, everybody right. agrees that you should wash your hands after Well, now, I, we got to under-regulate these hospitals. <laughs> I don't, you know. And then a doctor's like, oh, great. I'll save money on knives. I'm just going to use uh, forks from Ikea now whenever I perform surgery. Sometimes businesses need a little bit of regulation when it comes down, like I was saying with measles, when it comes down to public health mm-hmm. situations. Maybe the government can tell people who are interacting with people that they should wash their hands while they do it. Yeah, absolutely. He also said one other thing during that speech. He said that the U.S. is, quote, one of the most regulated nations in the history of the planet. Now, I know my history Hmm. quite well. Russians and the Nazis, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And those North Koreans. Oh, yeah. Quite a few more regulated nations than the United States. And that King Abdullah character who just died... In uh, in uh, oh my goodness, the Syria? name escapes me. Not Syria, the Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Sorry. Come on, <laughs> come on, Mike. Saudi Arabia. He's being uh, real quick. This is one funny thing about the death of King Abdullah. First of all, people pretend as if we just lost a good man, when in reality we lost a uh, a Beverly Hillbilly. His father was the one <laughs> who just discovered they, his uh, last name Saud. They named it Saudi Arabia. They happened to get tired on the wrong at the right on the right piece of the desert. They stumbled upon 16% of the world's oil, and that's why that family has been in power since, what, the 1920s, 1932, I believe they, mm-hmm. they came up. And uh, when Abdullah died, he got in in 05. The guy taking over for him, uh, his name escapes me right now, is his younger brother who was born in 1935. <laughs> He's oh, 79 gosh. years old. He suffers from Alzheimer's and dementia. And he finally got that kingship that he always wanted so bad. And he doesn't remember a damn <laughs> thing about his entire life. I mean, this guy, this is, he's Saudi Arabia's Ronald Reagan. Yeah. But if Ronald Reagan came in the way that he went out, you know, if Ronald Reagan was just peaking at his Alzheimer's and dementia in 1980, he probably still could have beat Jimmy Carter. Probably. Yeah. Um, anyone could have. A shoe could have ran. <laughs> and be like, I, I, I tie. Uh, okay. That you, you're, you're, you're President Shoe from now on. Great. Can you uh, negotiate with hostages? I kick them. <laughs> Good, Shoe. You're hired. You're hired, Shoe. How would you handle the gas crisis? I kick it. <laughs> you're hired, Shoe. So much better. You're doing something. I don't even know how how to meditate. Okay, Shoe. Good. Perfect. What are your thoughts on peanuts? I kick them. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to watch the Jimmy Carter documentary on PBS about his presidency, they go through and they try to make it seem as if he did anything right, but then he didn't, you know? And they said, uh, I think it was like 46 days, anywhere from like 40 to 70 days, he was up uh, hanging out in one of these presidential places where they go to escape. And uh, they didn't say like, oh, he abandoned the country in a time of need, mm-hmm. which is what he was doing. Some of the most... Impressive thought a president has ever had. <laughs> Was that a Camp David? It was Camp David, yeah. one of these places. I forget where he uh, loved to go, but probably Camp David. Anyway, so King Abdullah is dead. He's replaced by a fellow who has <laughs> Alzheimer's and dementia. And oil prices, the oil boom's all done. Saudi Arabia is going to be a, a shit show. And, uh, and rightfully so, because they're terrible to their people, especially their women. They don't let them drive, and they Sharia law is in full effect. And 15 out of the 19 hijackers were from there. But hey, 
who am I to hate? Who am I to hate on him? <laughs> Every single world leader went and kissed the goddamn guy's coffin uh, like he was the greatest human being that's ever existed on Earth. And this man is literally the reason that the entire world is falling apart right now. Mm-hmm. It's great. Anyway, let's come back to uh, America. My governor, the governor of my former state, I should say, my governor, my governor is Mr. Cuomo, and uh, he is a douche. Oh, totally <laughs> am. And I want to I want to congratulate really quickly. Uh, yesterday was Groundhog's Day, and uh, Mayor De Blasio he didn't kill uh, Puxatani <laughs> Phil this year. He didn't drop him. He didn't drop him. They All didn't. Right. They didn't. For those that don't know, Google De Blasio Mayor De Blasio murders a groundhog. <laughs> Last year around this time, he, they gave him the groundhog to hold, thinking he was going to be competent because they haven't they hadn't seen his uh, year of work yet, and they thought, well, he's been elected by the largest city in the world, some of the more um, important. Uh, you know, uh, people in uh, in the political uh, it, some of the most important people in the world come through here. He's got to be able to handle a groundhog. I think so. They gave it to him, and wouldn't you believe that groundhog? He was a bit of a bit of a Republican that day. <laughs> jumped out of his hand. He was repulsed by him. Ended up breaking his back and dying three days later. So this Groundhog's Day, they just didn't let him touch him. <laughs> so we have a mayor who is so incompetent that he literally isn't allowed to touch a varmint. He's not allowed to touch a, a marmot. A, a marmot? A, a marmot. <laughs> Our mayor sucks so bad he can't hold a marmot. You know how many rednecks hold marmots every day? Kids hold a marmot. Buzz uh, from the from the uh, Home Alone. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's older brother, the guy who played Buzz, had a bunch of marmots. He was a fat bully. And our mayor was so incompetent he can't hold one. That's shocking. Yeah. You got... you. Unelectable. He grew up in Brooklyn. He didn't know shit about marmots. You just hold on to it. Did you ever hold a cat? It's a lot like a cat. It's much bigger than a cat. It's not that far much beyond, bigger. Far be it from me to come to the defense of Bill de Blasio, but it's a big marmot. You you know you had a bad first year when after your, for your second Groundhog Day appearance, they don't let you touch the goddamn marmot. <laughs> There was a Wisconsin mayor who got bit by uh, by the groundhog as well this year. I love the Groundhog's Day. Yeah, so it's the do stupidest I. tradition that's ever happened. Well, I still don't understand it. To reference De Blasio again, and Ben and I, you and I have talked about this a lot. It's it's fascinating to me that we have a mayor who didn't know the subway system was going down until 15 minutes before it went down. Well, there was a bit of a power struggle here. Mm-hmm. We had this uh, complete fake snowstorm, Snowstorm Juno. Yeah, and um, it wasn't nearly as traumatic as that goddamn movie Juno <laughs> uh, because it didn't make you have. Uh, fears of knocking up your girlfriend uh nothing happened it was gorgeous yeah zero happened it was fun the reason it got blown so out of proportion is because it was a power grab of the two political forces in new york state this is a little bit micro i don't really care that much and i know you guys don't either but it's an example of how politicians work and why everybody hates them there was an 11 p.m curfew here in new york city where if you got caught driving on the streets i guess theoretically they would send two cop cars out to arrest you and send you into <laughs> send, send you to goddamn jail because somehow that's making the streets better yeah Nothing happened. The city shut down our subway systems, I think, around 8 p.m., 9 p.m. No, they Maybe shut them down 11? at 11. At yeah, 11, yeah. okay. Everything shut down at 11. All transportation shut down at 11. 10.54. Not even bicycles, by the way. Not even bicycles. No. And I don't know how any hipsters got to see the uh, <laughs> hairy armpitted gal they were trying to bang that night. Um, fifth, 10.45. De Blasio gets a text message, and it's probably like, uh, you know, some Beyonce song. And you're like, oh, Cuomo's calling. Well, it wasn't at 1045. They announced it at 6, and he, okay. got it, he got it at 545. 
five for the analogy. I think we could have gone with ten forty-five. No, fifteen minutes. What I'm saying is fifteen <laughs> minutes before. I like accuracy in reporting. Okay. All right. All right. We're different. We're different people. <laughs> fifteen minutes before the entire city's subway system was going to be shut down, that city's mayor found out about it, which is pretty much real time, and that is a huge slap in the face. Yeah. You are the city's mayor. You are mayor of at any given day. There are 15, 16, 20 million people in the city, and there's guaranteed to be, what, what is it, 9.5 million that actually live here? Permanently? 8 million. 8 million. And the governor just comes in and shuts down all mode of transportation without telling you until 15 minutes before it's going to happen for sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's why people were very upset with the uh, cities and the, uh, even the state's reaction um, to uh, to Hurricane Juno or Snowstorm Juno. Winter Storm Juno. Yeah, Winter Storm Juno. <laughs> because it was just all man-made by politicians who were trying to do a bit of a power grab Anyway, back to Wisconsin. Scott Walker, bat boy himself. Holy Christ. This guy has pissed off every single person in um, any person who's ever even walked by a union site Mm -hmm. is upset with this guy for some reason. And uh, he's a Wisconsin governor. And I'm, I'm loving this. We're starting, ladies and gentlemen, we are starting the greatest primaries that exist once every four years. The Republicans try to find one of them that isn't crazy. And the vetting process is the greatest thing that has ever happened and ever will happen. It's coming again. It's coming again. Oh, and I we so- had such a good time last time. Oh, it was so fun. Oh. Newt Gingrich wants to go to the moon. Oh, he wants Gingrich. to. He wants a house on the moon. We have. We have. Thaddeus, uh, Thaddeus McCotter oh is oh defending God. us against the Chinese. Oh, it's unbelievable. Of course, oh. Michelle Bachman and her, you know, certainly not ragingly homosexual Marcus Bachman <laughs> husband. <laughs> There's nothing gay about him. Oh, yay! Oh. But we're back, and so our first rounds, we got uh, Scott Walker. He's up. He's on. He's on average about forty six percent in the polls because uh, he is a tried and true small government uh, conservative, and a lot of the Tea Party people like him. But he also has a little bit of establishment support as well. So there is kind of a perfect uh, storm going for him uh, in uh, happening right now. And of course, I think people are sick of Jeb. They're sick of Rand. They're sick of Ted Cruz. Oh. And Scott Walker's the new hot guy in town, which is only in politics. <laughs> is Scott Walker ever described? as the new hot guy in town. Oh, but man. He is, uh, he's coming up. He's coming up big time. Uh, and uh, and we're going to hear a lot more from him. And I'm excited. Of course, he had the gaffe that we discussed on a couple of episodes ago, maybe three or four episodes ago. He was um, responding to the Jewish... Uh, a, a, a Jewish... Um, I guess a, not a commission, a committee. Yeah, committee. A Jewish committee in uh, out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who asked to play uh, if they could... Uh, place the Hanukkah up during the uh, holiday season there right by the the crucifix and Mm -hmm. you know I mean this this whole holiday like the whole Christian stuff when it comes to uh, you know Christmas is just like uh, you know we the baby should be covered in blood and afterbirth. Yeah. Number one and if you're if you're really gonna have Jesus hanging on the cross let's see some authenticity. Yeah. You know. Um, anyway, carve up a pig, make it look like a person. We have similar (laughs) skin. I'm just saying like be authentic with your art uh, with your with your religious um just have a guy dressed as a centurion just stabbing it all day long over and over again. Now you're creating jobs. <laughs> and now you're creating jobs. No, obviously, I have no problem. Uh, your religion is valid and everything you uh, believe is okay with me. Um, but they asked him to... Uh, 
They asked him if we could put the Hanukkah thing in there, and he says, oh, of course. And then at the end of the letter, of course, he doesn't say uh, Mazel Tov. He says Molotov. Oh. Uh, and so he is a guy who has this thing about people from the Midwest who think that they're super in, uh, intelligent. They are exposed uh, as um, ignorant to the way the world works every single time they are forced out of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like, diversity doesn't really exist. People, the jokes, you got some, like, his governor jokes that he's cracking in the Midwest, they're probably crushing some local beer halls. Oh, yeah. And they're going to make Mitt Romney's 47% line from last election look like it was the best goddamn political sentence since Ronald Reagan uh, discussed how we uh, need to tear down the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. It's going to be phenomenal. And, of course, Mike Huckabee, he's also back in the game. And... Oh. This man has managed to piss off even conservatives. Everyone. Everyone in a matter of how long has he officially been running for? Or has he even officially announced? He's definitely uh He's in, in He's in the Drudge Report poll. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's definitely in that poll. He I mean, he's a 1% guy. Yeah. There there's a lot of people at Rick Perry's at 1%. Huckabee's mm-hmm. at 1%. Uh Chris Christie's at 1%. Santorum's at 1%. Lest we forget Rick Santorum. Oh my he's god. Coming back he's, strong. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh doctor, can you just put the baby in the shoebox and uh, we'll just take her home? and the kids can play with her for a little while. Uh, that is a reference to the fact that Rick Santorum took his dead baby uh, <laughs> home uh, so that his uh, children could play with it. Um, but that that has never been in the Bible. At no, no point did Jesus uh, tell anybody to take their dead baby home and, lo, and, have, the, and have your other live kids. And lo, them. when the clump doth fall from between <laughs> the maiden's legs... Take thine clump oh. to thine hut, oh. so thou oh, children canst play oh, and remember oh. their heaven sent. Oh man, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean he did it. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Huckabee, Luke four sixteen. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say I'm sorry to my father who listens to this show regularly. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a very sorry. Christian man. I'm sorry, Mr. Epps. You're a great guy. I apologize. I apologize. No, it's I'm fine. Sorry. It's just right. I'm a big fan of the Bible. It's a lot yeah, of fun. It is. There's a lot of great stories in there. I have no problem with it. Mike Huckabee said that women shouldn't swear. And, uh, and a lot oh, of chicks were super upset about it. You know? We were talking mm-hmm. about this the other day. Is, you know, you would never date a girl that didn't swear. I've broken up with girls who don't swear enough. Yeah, yeah. what did yeah. you say? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he wants to have the corniest women uh, around. Absolutely not. <sighs> did you say darn it? Uh, darn it's pushing it. Shucks. You uh. can say shucks, although, you know, that's going to uh, work against you at the end. <laughs> did she ever say GD? Like, get that GD car out of my driveway. My my mother? Or no, the girl that you dated. Oh, the girl that I dated? Uh, no, because in Wisconsin, no, GD, you are alluding to damning God. Yes. Don't do it. Ah. Don't even go down the slippery path of making fun of something that probably doesn't exist. But <laughs> yeah. what I am saying is... Yeah, that's a, the, he, he would love... Mike Huckabee would love a good Midwestern gal. Yes, he would. That's what... Gosh darn it. Oh, don't you know? I can't believe that... You, you know, this, no, this guy... I, I, you know, I don't even usually... I don't even... I'm just going to... Crap! I'm just going to say it. I want to say crap, and I'm going to say crap. I had a... I had a... I had a crappy day. I did. Sheila... I, Sheila, are you? Do you need to lie down? Yeah, yeah. Do you need to lie down, yeah. Sheila? I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Every time a Midwestern girl swears, it is followed by multiple I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lost my head. It's going to be amazing, though. I can't wait. This is just, it's really sort of a teaser episode when it comes down to the Republican primary. But it drives me nuts. I'm actually really sad because Hillary Clinton, everyone's already saying that she's guaranteed the nomination. Yeah. And she's pulling this grandmother card. And I don't know, like, mm. what? whatever, you know. She's greasy. I mean, there's something about Hillary Clinton just real greasy. She got a grease thing going. Well, she's a Clinton. Well, see, you Bill know. Clinton was—he was able to pull it off with her being greasy. Well, he was know. on the edge of it, well, but Hillary Clinton's like she's po- she's political know. greasy. He was undercover he was, slimy. He was undercover slimy, exactly. <laughs> he was like Southern slimy, mm. which is passable. No, yeah. as long yeah. as you're good, not it's anymore. Passable. Not but, anymore. Bill Clinton would never be president today. And no, do not, and nor would Michael Jordan be considered the greatest basketball player of all time either. And I say that uh, because, of course, when Bill Clinton was running in, uh, even for the governorships uh, there in Arkansas, there was these these uh, true borderline rape cases that were uh, you know thrown at him constantly yeah. by a whole bunch of different gals, and uh, nobody really covered it. And you could actually cover things up back then if you were a politician. You could make things go away or. Uh, distract the uh, distract the uh, media away from covering the events that are actually you know would be covered unbelievably under a microscope and intensely right now by uh, by the internet by internet journalism really for the most yeah. part. Unfortunately, they tend to focus on the things that don't really matter. Yeah, uh, but. You know, this is uh, it's it's the age that we live in. Sometimes the big things do come out. And sometimes that is great. And Michael Jordan, I'm a Knicks fan. Michael Jordan, you know what I'm going to say. Overrated. You think? Oh. Are you are you Overrated. a ball, are you a ball palm guy? I, I'm a John Starks guy <laughs> because John Starks every time he played Michael Jordan shut his ass down. But then sometimes John Starks had a tough time scoring. I'm pretty sure I remember one of the most famous okay. plays in NBA well, history what? being Michael Jordan juking John Stark Mm-mm. to then dunk on Patrick Ewing no. on his way to his six NBA championships <laughs> six and six NBA championship MVPs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't very good at baseball though. Was <laughs> okay. So think about that. <laughs> John uh, uh, Michael Jordan <laughs> j- just came out. Uh, he's punched every single player he's ever played with, every single teammate he's ever had. There's really? a story where he punched Will Perdue. He punched Will Perdue? Will Perdue. Did he punch Horace Grant? Oh, he's not punching Horace. What about Bill Paxton? Uh, you know, he's Bill punching Paxton. Bill Paxton. B.J. Armstrong? You gotta punch B.J. Armstrong. <laughs> he's too little. It's okay. He can take it. Tony Kukoc. <laughs> gotta punch Tony. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Croatian yeah. sensation. That's how, that's how they shake hands over there. <laughs> uh, there are stronger people than us. He punched Will Perdue in the face um, because Will Perdue, what uh, Phil Jackson used to do, and I know this isn't politics, but uh, whatever. We'll get back to him. Um I'm just trying to make Mr. Epps happy. Yeah. So we're not talking about religion, Mr. Epps, so that's nice. <laughs> um, but uh, what what Phil Jackson used to do was set, uh, would put Michael Jordan on the second team during practices. So Scottie Pippen uh-huh. and uh, Tony Kukoc, or Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, in this case, would run the offense for the first team. And Michael Jordan had to play with the second-tier players, but he's so competitive and such a lunatic that nine times out of ten it resulted into a fight. So, wow. uh, so I'm guessing he got into a lot of fights with Stacey King. Dude, Stacey King didn't Steve even... Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr was so bruised up. He was like, oh, my God, the NFL is about to make a goddamn ad in support of him. There's about to be a PSA, just Steve Kerr calling for pizza. But in reality, everyone's like, is Michael Jordan trying to punch you? Yes. Yes, he is. Extra pepperoni. Will Perdue said a couple of 
questionable screens on Mr. Jordan. Mm. Michael did not like it. Punched him in the face. And then, but what happens when you're Michael Jordan is all the teammates held back Will Purdue because you don't hurt Michael. No, no, And no, you no. don't hurt uh, Bill Clinton either. You know, the two untouchable figures of the 1990s, Michael Jordan and Bill Clinton, neither of which would be considered nearly as great as they were considered in the 90s if they uh, played or ran for a political office nowadays because the internet and the way the media is would absolutely ruin them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Hillary Clinton is already just considered the front runner for the Democratic Party, and I am very sad they've gone the way they've gone the way of the Republicans. Uh, the way the Republicans went with uh, what was it? It was a Mondale in '96. Mm-hmm. No, it was uh, not Mondale. Dole, Dole, Bob Dole, Dole. Bob the Dole. Mondale of the Mondale of the '90s. Dole Kemp. Uh, yeah, Mondale, Mondale was a Democrat. Uh, he won his own state, though. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. It's nice to know you have a place to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was the one that uh, went up against Nixon, and Nixon won every state except for I one. I thought he right? was no yeah. Mondale. Yeah. Was, was he uh, Nixon? I think so. Yeah, uh, I think he, he was the candidate from the the big Democratic uh, Party protests. I think that was Mondale. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. Fact check it. Um, who knows? I don't want a fact, fact check. Fact check it, just so we know, because I, I have a different idea, but I'm not going to say my idea, so then if you're right, then I'll tell you that I was thinking the same thing as you were. <laughs> but it's very sad. So the Democrats are just kind of boring, and that's why people, there is a hyper-focus on the Republicans right now, um, and always is in these primaries, because honestly, they're just more compelling, because they go out there, and one of the reasons that they do tend to, uh, you know, they can do very well with the voting electorate is they they, uh, they sling from the hip. But when you're slinging from the hip, occasionally you pull a Tom Tillis, and you discuss how businesses should allow uh, for employees to have a bunch of urine on their hands while they, uh, while they roll up your gordita. You know? So, <laughs> you know, that's why they're so damn fun. Mm-hmm. Hillary's going to be a snooze. What 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 don't we know about her? Yeah, I mean, there's you know? nothing, nothing. There's no October surprise with Hillary. Unless, nothing. I mean, there's got to be some. Maybe there's a, a State Department thing from Benghazi. You know, Benghazi yeah. yeah, Benghazi. But you know, Benghazi was already so almost four years ago, five years, three years ago. Yeah, but you know that is that is a, a bullet the Republican Party is going to use as far. Yeah, as they want to use it, but they they never talk about the real story. Of Benghazi. The whole point of Benghazi that was the place that we were taking our weapons through, going through Turkey, where we were giving all the goddamn uh, weaponry to uh, a whole bunch of militants over there. And uh, was it was it Syria at the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was Assad Syria. That was that's when we were going to help them out turns out to be just a bunch of individuals from isis who like to eat human hearts a bunch um which is yeah. good because when you eat a human heart though you still got to wash your hands beforehand mm-hmm. you know everybody knows that welcome to the isis buffet employees please wash your hands after you go to the bathroom we're not savages <laughs> so walter mondale was 1964 uh, the Democratic National Convention riots was 1968. That's when the Democrats uh, decided to nominate Hubert Humphrey. I love Hubes. And Edmund Muskie. The Humphrey Muskie ticket. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am definitely thinking of a fish on a wall. I am thinking of, I am thinking of taxidermy when I hear Humph- Humphrey Muskie. I'm voting Humphrey Muskie. I uh, literally. <laughs> oh man! But Hubert, of course, he wasn't. He wasn't able to win. No, Hubert got uh, trounced by Nixon. Yeah, it's just. Uh, 
Nixon's a much better name. Richard Nixon. Yeah. Hubert Humphrey. Hubert yeah. Humphrey. Uh, he, Hubert mm. Humphrey could have won in like the late 1800s. Sure, sure. Yeah. He wasn't fat, but he sounds very fat. He does. He does. No, he was You're a, a Hubert Humphrey. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's change uh, gears just really quick. We were going to do, we, uh, we mentioned the uh, Snowstorm Juno. Uh, we were going to do an episode about the, um, the State of the Union, but we weren't able to. I came home, I was doing a show, and um, uh, Mike had, was taking notes the entire time that Obama was speaking because Mike is so cute, he thinks <laughs> that those words matter. Well, I, I do it every year, so I can go back and really look at what was said and try to break it down in my mind. So it's, you made homework for yourself? Oh. <laughs> it's not homework if you enjoy it. That's a, that's a firm rule. It looked to me like you were doing work and you were at home. I think that was homework. <laughs> no, I've, I've done it every year since, actually, since probably 2008 wow. when, uh, when Obama was was first elected. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It just helps me kind of recap everything and really go back and be able to, to uh, dissect it and really ingest so what he's saying. what was your take on this year's uh, State of the Union? Uh, I thought it was... He joked a lot more this year than he has in, in years past. Funny guy. Yeah, I mean, some of them were funny, and especially the one where they uh, where he said something about how he has no more campaigns to run, and the Republican Party, some of them started clapping. And he, with this sly look on his face, just looks into the microphone and goes... Yeah, I already won both of them. I yeah. liked that, like, though. I liked that, too. I, I, I loved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> that needed to happen. Oh, because yeah. the Republicans have been very rude during his uh, speeches have. over the last eight years. They called him a liar. Uh, who was it that called well, him a liar? Well, you can, you can throw a bunch of different accurate words at him. Yeah. Um, you just can't, you can't do it during the State of the Union. <laughs> yeah. Respect the theater. Don't heckle. You exactly. Know? Well, you exactly. know, the, uh, the defense to liable is it being true. So, right. yeah. Right. So uh, I, I didn't mind that because I thought that was a nice, uh, it was a nice human moment for him. And uh, you know, technically, he was he was elected twice, and you deserve to gloat when you win. And I yep. hate my biggest pet peeve is when people save somebody from a subway track, or when somebody uh, you know grabs a child before a car can hit him. Somebody uh, you know shields uh, another person and takes a bullet, and then they have the audacity to be like. I'm uh, not a hero. I just did what anyone else would do. No. Own it. Absolutely If not. I save anybody's life, if I see even somebody begin to slip and I have the thought of helping them, <laughs> I'm going to the media and I'm letting them know I contemplated being a hero. What's the difference? I am one. Yeah. If I say someone from the subway tracks and the New York Post calls me, he's like, yes, uh, are you needing to speak to Marcus Parks? Hero? Subway hero? Yeah. yeah. Because this is him. Right. And now I'm on your editorial board. Give me a fucking job. I'm a goddamn hero. <laughs> Treat me with hero's respect, please. Or that's where you plug your podcasts and you get your cave comedy radio. Oh, going. my God. Right. If I save so, I want to save someone from getting hit by the train just so I can plug the I think the we station. can do this. You know, I, I've got, I've slipped and fell on the stairs yesterday walking out on the snow. I think I can kind of fake a slip for you to, to become a, a hero. Mm, no, you got to be a uh, my. Minority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to be yeah. at least gay, Mike. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm one sixteenth yeah. Cherokee and Choctaw. Yeah, yeah, that's what white people say. Yeah, that's what they all it. say. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, one yeah. cares about the white dude. I'm sorry, man. We're <laughs> yeah, not dude. we're not going to get any sympathy. I got to save a perfectly trifecta Asian, black, Malaysian baby. <laughs> I have to do that. Otherwise, it's not getting any heat whatsoever. You know, and that's. Another example of big government 
screwing me over when it comes to Ben Kissel Hero Day. I was going to take the subway during Snowstorm Juno, and they shut it down, and they lost me an opportunity to save a life. <laughs> Terrible Thanks, stuff. Cuomo. Thanks, de Blasio. De Blasio. Can't even hold a marmot. De Blasio. De Blasio. <laughs> Big idiot. Um, anyway. Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you guys so much for listening. I want to apologize for the two weeks off. Schedules were just crazy. And, uh, and it just happens. Which We're good busy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're great busy. Blame Cuomo. Write blame, a letter. Blame, send an email. That, send him an email so he gets it. And, uh, and let us know what you think. we got a Facebook page for Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, and you can find it if you type in the words Abe Lincoln's Top Hat mm-hmm. on Facebook. And go to iTunes and leave a message and stuff. We had, you know, just recently we were doing really good. We were in the top 200. Maybe maybe we even cracked uh, the top 100. I'm going to say we did because, again, the truth doesn't matter to me. We did not. Good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but thank you guys so much for your unbelievable uh, kindness and support. And, uh, and let us know what you think about uh about the uh the race uh, races coming up and and whatever uh whatever is interesting you go to the facebook page and let us know all right that's marcus parks find him on twitter at marcus parks you can find me on twitter at ben kissel and mike epps is also on twitter and i believe it's just mike epps right well it's at michael epps michael epps yes because there's another mike epps yeah the, he's a slightly more famous one um, uh he's the mike epps i would choose to save if i wanted to be branded a hero and i would not blame you yeah so Michael Epps, M I C H A E L E P P E S. Yes. <laughs> Get those Twitter scores up. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.